Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice, episode 166 with Chad Minton and Rich Howe, your host. Kyle Perkins will be joining us later. We are doing live game reaction in this oh, episode. Yes. First episode of 2023 of Catfish on Ice podcast. How is your, how's your new year going, Rich? We're three Good days so in. far. Good so far, three days in. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> yep. I, these we'll years fly how. by as you get older the years just fly by man. they do you are 100 percent correct on that sir we're going to be giving you live live game reaction of preds versus the canadians they are in the second period it is a shootout we're going to give you all of our reaction to what's going on in this game it's been a roller coaster of a game should we expect anything less when it comes to the national predators no absolutely not, not. But before we really get into the what we're talking about tonight in episode 166 and all of these very unimportant things when it comes to sports and hockey and who wins and who loses, we do want to address what happened um, in the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game last night. Um, one of the scariest moments that anyone could ever see in a uh, in in an environment like that on the national mm-hmm. stage, that millions of people watching, if you count uh, the people watching on TV, and uh, I just want to say, and I know Rich agrees, and we all are there, and the whole world right now is behind Demar Hamlin, and um, mm-hmm. it's a very scary scene, and we're gonna open up the episode just talking about how scary that was, how much he is in our prayers ways you can help um there's a lot out there right now yeah it was uh so i wasn't watching it but um i checked facebook and my brother-in-law is a huge i and my father-in-law are huge Bengals fans and he was like prayers for hamlin and i was like no i didn't even know what was going on and i flipped the tv on but at that point when i flipped it on he'd already been taken off the field but gosh man it was just you watch it and it's it's just it's it's heartbreaking, man, to watch something like that. Yeah. I mean, we've seen we've seen guys get hurt, and I've seen we've seen guys get hurt bad, you know, even in hockey. Um, but but I, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. Well, um, you know, so here's my thing: we, when we watch these athletes in all of these sports, they're world class athletes, and they take, especially in football and hockey, but in mm-hmm. basketball and all of the sports. They they take these injuries, they take these hits, and a lot of times they just pop right up. And mm-hmm. you know, you're asking your friends if you're watching the game with someone, you're thinking, how did they pop up like that? Like these are, you know, world class athletes and whatnot. And that's kind of how this started. And unfortunately, like he dropped like yeah. almost instantly. 
And it really, you know, we're not going to get into the whole controversy of what the NFL decided to do. I'm, I'm sick of, about all what I'm hearing about, uh, yeah. about five-minute warm-ups and then you're back on the field. You know, we're not an NFL podcast. We're not going to go mm-hmm. down that rabbit hole. We're yeah. going to focus on the human aspect of this. And we can't talk about hockey tonight until we uh, talk about this. There are some things that are going on right now for DeMar Hamlin. He is in critical condition. That's all I can really say. That's all I've seen. I don't yeah, know. That's all I've seen too, for sure. Um, it, you know, blunt force trauma to his heart area caused this cardiac arrest. All I'm saying is, people, there are ways that you can support this great young man mm-hmm. who started a toy drive while he was in college. Yeah. He hadn't even made it. To, he's a sixth round pick in the NFL. Yep. Before he even knew his, he was going to be famous and be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. This, this man went out there mm-hmm. and wanted to make a positive change for his community by doing this toy drive. Rich, have you seen uh, some of this, what, what he has done for his local town in West, Western Pennsylvania? Um, he started yeah. a toy drive I for have. these local areas, and it started out at a $250,000 goal before this happened. And since then, so many people have come together and raised. The last time I checked, it was at $4.7 million. Oh, wow. So last night when I checked, it was uh, $500,000. It was up, but that was like not very long after they uh ended the game or whatever wow that's that's amazing it might be over five million by now but it was 4.7 million last time i checked so that goes to show you it shouldn't take a tragedy like this for people to come together Mm -hmm. but i do applaud what i saw on social media for the most part last night was everyone rallying together to support this young man who is fighting for his life right now to play a game. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, Rich, I know we lost, I know we lost another big figure in the sports world. Yeah. Like while I was, um, watching, um, the game or when they had postponed it, my brother-in-law again sent me a message that, uh, Ken Block died. I don't know if everybody knows who Ken Block is. He was the founder of um, the DC Shoe Company. He sold he sold that company and got a bunch of money and then went off and drove rally cars. And he does all these crazy uh, stunts with cars. Like he drove a, a 1500 horsepower Mustang up Pikes Peak. There's a big video, like does all these videos. But he, uh, yeah, he, he died um, in a snowmobile accident at his home. So. Yeah, his he's got like I know he's got a 16 year old daughter, and I know he's got a couple more kids. I just don't know their ages, but yeah, they're um, yeah, it's, it's uh crazy that it happened on that same night. So yeah, it's it's tough, and 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 what we need to realize is that when we're watching these athletes and these larger than life figures, these celebrities, whoever they may be, whoever we look up to, these are all humans here. And we get caught up in the competition of it, mm-hmm. especially as fans. We sure. want we want our teams to win. And when you're watching these highly uh, 
physical sports, especially in football, and they're trying to make it more safe. And this isn't one of those situations, you know, necessarily where um, it was a really nasty hit that made you cringe. But we see those types of hits all the Mm -hmm. time in in football and and also in hockey. And so, um, you know, these leagues are constantly trying to figure out ways to make it safer while also keeping – the game the same the way it is. But I think what we need to take away from this other than obviously um, continuing to do whatever we can to send our, our thoughts and, and help out any way we can. And we, we feel so mm-hmm. helpless in a situation like this, oh, yeah, I mean, but, but you think about the family of DeMar Hamlin and the family of, of anyone going through this right now mm-hmm. um, and you feel helpless, but yeah, seeing what sure. the, what the toy drive is doing and I've seen some recent news thinking that there's hope that ha- DeMar Hamlin will be able to bounce back from this um, eventually. Like, thank God there were medical professionals oh, yeah. readily available to jump yeah. in and do what they had to do. Yep. But and his, we, his mom actually rode, was, was down on the field and then rode in the ambulance. I just can't even imagine going through something like that. You saw an outpouring of – of support from 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 all over mm-hmm. the sports world, as you would expect, and um, you know we watch a sport like hockey where you see guys constantly oh, yeah. get thrown into the boards, just like bl- like crazy physical and fast yep. speed, and they bounce right back up. Mm-hmm. But you just never know, and we've seen some scary, oh yeah, for times sure. in hockey yeah. as well. And so, um, you know, like, like all we can do is send our best thoughts and prayers and yeah, sure. best wishes to DeMar Hamlin. And also, if you can, go to the GoFundMe to support his toy drive because, you know, I, I am a true believer that in, in, in the power of prayer and the power of all yeah, of that. And really. one thing I will say that one of the best ways that you can honor DeMar Hamlin right now, because you feel so helpless. I feel so helpless. Yeah. I don't know what I can do to help. If you can, and if you are financially able, go to his GoFundMe and support his toy drive that he started back in college. Look up DeMar Hamlin's history and what mm-hmm. all of his coaches have said about him, what all of his teammates have said about him. And the best way you can help him is supporting a charity that, and foundation that he started back in college at the University of Pittsburgh. Yep, for sure. And I, we all feel helpless, but that is a really easy way that we can all show our support. And then, of course, keep the prayers coming. And hopefully that the medical professionals can work their magic yep. to, to save this young man's life. And then for sure we can go from there. Yeah, Max Greenberg is in here tonight. He said, don't forget about T. Higgins. That's the Bengals player that he was trying to tackle or whatever, and he he feels pretty awful, although he did nothing wrong. But, you know, you just still, you know. Yeah, you I mean, know, when, he, when, he say, yeah, I mean <laughs> when you say killing someone, I mean, he obviously, you know, it's a brutal sport, and it was – yeah, I mean, he probably yeah. feels horrible as well. All those we we got to we got to think about all those all of his teammates on the field, mm-hmm. you know that yep. are. Go- I mean, 
Yeah, it, it's a very scary situation. And that's what these athletes go through. And we get we we lose yeah. sight of that sometimes. We oh, do. yeah. Lots of people lose sight of that. Yep, they're human easy. beings. Yeah. So yep. um, we it's wanted to open crazy. up with that. Uh, we are going to try to talk about some hockey tonight and talk yep. about what's going on tonight. The Predators are now winning 5-2 to two five over two. the Montreal Canadiens right now. Um, one, one thing I can say about this game, Rich, is uh, defense is optional. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely optional, especially for Montreal. If you don't feel like playing it, you don't have to. Yeah, don't do we it. Won't, we, we won't fault you for it. Um, yeah, right. The Preds, right. In the, the Preds in that first period did not play very good defense either. They did so, not. No. Yeah. Here's something we haven't seen in a while. Mike Twitter's in here. He said, bang. We haven't seen that in a while. That was the goal. We put him up 5-2, so that was awesome. Yeah. So it was 3-1 to one going into the second period right <laughs> before we went live for episode 166. I did, not to toot my own horn, but before this episode, I did tweet out that uh, there will be ample opportunities for the Predators to score four-plus goals. I might have undersold them a little bit, actually. Because they've already scored five goals, and we're not even at the end of the third or the second period yet. So yeah. maybe, I, maybe uh, I undersold the goals. The goals have been great. They've been really great goals. I mean, um, the two that they've given up against Montreal, you know, you probably want those back, but because um, it was defensive lapses by the Predators. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, they're playing really well. Things you can't the get crew. away with. Things you can't get away with against elite teams, though. Right. You cannot. No. Yeah. If it was anybody else, I mean, I'm not going to say that because I've said it before and you've said it. Any of these teams can beat any of the other teams on any given night. Montreal is not great. Everybody knows it. But yeah, if you were playing somebody else, you know, um, the score would probably be a little more close. But yeah. So. Let's tell you what else we're going to be talking about here in uh, Catfish on Ice, episode 166, presented by DraftKings with your promo code THPN, um, and also part of the Hockey Podcast Network, of course. Um, We are going to continue to watch this game as we're coming up on the second intermission, as the Predators are trying to, um, you know, do what they like. They're doing what they like to do to us. They like to toy with our hearts and hang around the playoff race and not – They don't want to be too bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, they want to hang. They, they want to hang around in the middle. That's what they want to do. They do. They and that's you know that's their mo. That's what but they do. They are. I will say this, and I'll talk. About, I'll expand on this a little bit later. They have been showing a lot of gradual and promising offensive strides lately. Their they passing have. has been more crisp. Their zone exits out of their own zone have been more crisp. They have been – it's looked like they've been more on the same page with each other. Are you seeing the same thing, Rich? I I have, yeah. The the main thing I noticed is the passing. The passing is way better. I don't know what uh, switch they flipped, but um, it looks a lot better. Um, Yeah, more offensive zone time, which is always a good thing. Um, they've been doing a little more of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's like a, a switch has been flipped, and they're just all, all of a sudden <laughs> like gelling and playing better. So, yeah, I'm seeing we'll the same it. thing. I'm seeing the we'll same thing. It. We are going to expand on that a little bit more 
we are also going to get into, you know, it's the trade rumors are going to be buzzing and a team like the national predators are going to be in the middle of all those discussions because they are one of those teams that's teetering around that. Are they sellers? What are they? Of course, a lot of that is going to be predicated on what happens in the next like two or three weeks in terms yeah. of do the Predators have a win streak under their belt to get back into that wild card discussion because they're still a little bit out of there right now. If they do that, I don't know what David Poyle is going to decide to do. And but <laughs> Go ahead, I'll finish and then I got something. I was going to say, judging by <laughs> past experiences and – Past history, if the Predators are flirt- flirting with the wild card bubble and they're like two points out or three points out, David Poyle is going to probably buy and try to make a big-time trade to add somebody. He's not going to rebuild. But no. if the Predators go through another three or four game losing streak and they fall even further back in the playoff picture as this season rolls on, he might not have a choice, but to be a seller at the deadline. So that's why you're going to see the national predators pop up and all these trade buzz articles that you're going to see out there. There's one that we came across later this afternoon that we will bring up. It's involving yep. Matthias Eckholm of all people. Happened last year too, I believe. Yeah, so we will um, – he has a goal tonight, by the way, Matias Ekholm does. So we will expand on that <laughs> later and talk about Dante Fabro and maybe even a couple other Preds players mm-hmm. who might be trade pieces potentially. When Kyle gets on board here in a few minutes, he'll be joining us. By that time, we will unleash our NHL tiers. We've done this in the past. We're going to do it again. I've got it broken down into four categories. Um, and Sweet. Rich, here's my four categories. So you can start You're prepping. Yep. Yeah. So here's my NHL tiers, and it's all surrounded by the playoff picture that's going to continue to um, unfold and get a little bit more clear as this season unfolds here. And we get we're we're like really close to the midway point of the season. So um, here here's my four tiers right now that we are gonna put all of our teams in here later in this episode. Our first tier is going to be Elite Cup Contenders. Awesome. Our second tier is going to be Dangerous If They Get In. That's a good one. Our third tier is going to be Not Invited Yet. So that means they're not invited to the party yet, but they still have a chance to make it on the guest list. And then... That last tier is just going to be called the pit of misery, Rich. <laughs> That's awesome. We don't know where the Pred. We'll fight. We'll figure out where the Preds are going to be in um in those four tiers. It's going to we'll be ask, hard. And we'll ask Kyle Perkins as well what tier he's going to put the Preds in. I'll let you know where I've put all my team, all the NHL teams, in those tiers. So I'll unveil that, awesome. and then we also are going to talk about our top five most important players. <laughs> To a Preds rebuild, if that indeed happens, if who is happens. going? Because you got to have a team if you're going to rebuild and rip the whole thing down. Yeah, who's going to be left afterwards, Rich? When the dust settles, who's going yeah. to be sticking around? Like in uh, Chicago, you know, you got Patrick Kane. 
Don't tell me it's going to be that bad, man. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying you got like two or three guys that you know, and like I couldn't yeah. name past well, that. Arizona, same thing. We're going to list off some players who are going to be really important if a rebuild happens in the aftermath. And we'll also finish off with some NHL quick hitters, as we always do. So it's a full slate, as you just heard there on episode 166. So buckle in. We've still got a whole third period of hockey left between the Preds and the Canadians. What I was going to say earlier, you said, I don't know what David Poyle's going to do. Every year since we've been doing this podcast, (laughs) we have said we have no clue what he's going to do at the trade deadline because they they would either be good and then start being bad and you don't know what they're going to do or they'd start off bad and start to pick up steam like what they're doing now. So you just it's that's because uh, they're always in this middle area. They're, right. they're always yeah. in this gray area. They're always yeah. They're never yeah. they're never just way at the top of the standings. They're never like it's amazing just cruising, but they're also never like down at the bottom. They're just always hanging around in this middle gray area. And and that's why we always find ourselves. And that's yeah. that's like franchise history going back oh, yeah. to their early expansion yeah. days. This team has always hung around that playoff bubble, you know. For sure, and that's what <clears throat> that's what um, you know. I know a lot of people weren't ready for David Poyle to move on, um, but that dude's got a hard job because of that. And it and you know some of it's on him. He's done that to himself. But like, what do you do if your if your team's like three points out of a wild card? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's tough. It's, yeah, it's hard. It is tough. It's a tough job. Let's welcome, let's welcome in our friend Lindsay. She yeah. says, "I am ready for this episode. We're ready too." No, and we haven't seen Lindsay in a while. No, she's been. She went to a New Year's game, Eve game for uh, Calgary, I believe. Calgary. That's how they say it up there. I think. All right. I think I could be wrong. I've heard. I've heard that before. I could be wrong though. Mike. All right. Mike. Twitter's in here. Yeah, we got we got Max a lot Greenberg of good people. In here. A lot of good people. We need more people. Uh, if you're watching on Twitter, hit retweet, comment. Don't be shy. If you've never jumped in on a catfish and ice episode and you're watching <laughs> live right now, don't be don't be shy. If you're watching on our YouTube Absolutely. channel, hit subscribe. Also join in on the conversation. We'll share your comments. Um, yep. So it's five to two. Here's my overall thoughts of the first two periods of this game for the Preds. Um, win or lose, but definitely if they lose. But I will say either way, this isn't a game that you're gonna not going to take a ton of stock out of because. The Canadians are who they are. Um, they've got a lot of good young talent. So they're, it's definitely a team that you can't just gloss over. We've already seen some of that tonight. They have some really good elite young scoring talent. But the Preds should do what they're doing right now on the scoreboard, and that is dominate a team like this on paper. So it's 5-2. to two. That first period was a little misleading. Yes, they were up 3-1, to one, but – Still a lot of really bad giveaways. This defense can still be leaky at times. They can be very streaky at times, putting UC Soros in really precarious situations. And so against the really elite good teams, Mm -hmm. you got to clean that up or it's just never going to work. It might work against the Canadians. It might work against a team like the Blackhawks or some of these other teams that are near the bottom of the standings. 
but it's not going to work against the top half of the NHL. So you got to clean those things up. Absolutely. And I'm still seeing that tonight. I know that sounds weird that I'm being all negative here in a five to two game at the second intermission. Hey, but you're not though, because we've seen leads like this get blown before. So it's not, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that could have went the other way if they start playing bad. Um, you know, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are very, very, very good players. And they, you know, they, they made them pay for their lapses. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, <clears throat> you know, Soros did let a, so he let a goal out by tonight. Um, one yeah. of the rare times you will ever see Soros <clears throat> give up a goal that he should have. And he thought he had it. He went for the glove save. Yeah. It trickled over the fray of the top of his glove mm-hmm. and it went in. And that is, you know, you look on it on a slow-mo replay and you're thinking, yeah, Soros probably should have had that one. But that is one of the few instances where he gives up a soft goal compared mm-hmm. to all the other mountainous amount of times <laughs> that the team hangs him out to dry and he has to bail them out. And yeah. it actually happened in this first period, mind you. That, that so was the, yeah. We but can yeah. give Soros a pass every now and then for giving up a soft goal, but he did yeah. give up one tonight. So yeah, the, <clears throat> the first one by Cole Caulfield was definitely him getting hung out to dry. <clears throat> the second one though, like you said, when they showed the replay of it, his the way his glove was, it kind of like bent his glove in and then snapped the puck right back out, which was really weird. But yeah, you know, he, he's been sharp. I mean, look, the Preds are really bad about their zone exits. That's one of their biggest problems. They get hemmed into their zone. They can't figure out a way to get it into the neutral zone. And then when they do get it to the neutral zone, they give the puck away. When you're playing the elite offensive teams, that's when you really suffer the consequences. And even against a team like the Canadians, it can burn you. So that's what we're seeing tonight. They are up 5-2. to two. I think the reason why the Preds got up to such a good lead early on was they're making net front presence in front of the goaltender for the Canadians. Their Cody Glass was big time oh, yeah. down there. Matias Ekholm gets a goal. How about oh, that? Go- how about how about that setup from Philip Forsberg? This oh my dude God. is in beast mode. He is. He, he is, is absolutely in beast mode. He has grabbed that lever that's on the wall that, that it says it above the lever. It says beast mode. Forsberg, for whatever reason, has not pulled that lever uh, early on in the season, but he has pulled it and activated it now. He gets yeah. the hat trick, even though it came in a losing effort in overtime, mind oh, you. So we we didn't get the storybook ending like we wanted, but he scores the hat trick goal with five seconds left in regulation. I mean, the high degree of difficulty that that <coughs> shot was for him oh, to yeah. make that goal. Absolutely. And that's he also one of the, had... That's one of the, the that is one, that was going to say real quick. That is one of the best single points in the standings oh, yeah. you can ever hope for. Absolutely, it was a great goal, and he was actually first star in the NHL uh, for the week, which that's that's really awesome. Um, good accolade for him. Yeah, that Vegas game, man, that was a heartbreaker. That was uh, 
they 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 fought, came back, tied it up, and then committed a penalty and had to go four on three in overtime, and mm-hmm. that was just a little too much for them to handle. But um, at least I mean they got a point, which is good. But um, after that comeback, you wanted them to get both points. But I think what we're starting to see from this Preds team is. They're showing that they can definitely hang with some of these elite teams mm-hmm. in the league. And we're going to talk about our NHL tiers here a little bit later in the in the episode. And we'll figure out some of these teams the Preds have gone toe-to-toe with recently. Where are we going to put those teams? They beat the Edmonton Oilers recently. They went to overtime against the Avs. Um, and then they went to overtime against the Vegas Golden Knights. So mm-hmm. these are some of the teams that we expect to be Stanley Cup contenders yep. and very big players in the Stanley Cup playoffs later yep. uh, later this year. So the Preds, mm. are, the Preds are showing they can go head-to-head with these teams, but can they finish? Can they win these <laughs> right. games in a seven-game playoff series? That's I mean, the, can they keep that pace you're up? Convince, you're not going to convince me of that right now. No, me either. Um and if you look at the Dallas game, they did lose, but they hang, they hung with Dallas throughout the whole game. I mean, it was, was that was a really bad. good that was, that was a really good game. Um, you ta- yeah, that's another that's a game I left out at, uh, there. Yeah. Um, if you take out that really bad early giveaway by Tom, Tommy Novak, mm-hmm. which led to the Jamie Ben goal, then that game is tied, yeah. and that game goes to overtime. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yes, um, that's good that you brought that game up, Rich, because that was another recent game where the Preds went toe to toe with a top elite team in this oh, league, yeah. and they came they come away with zero points in the standings in that game. Unfortunately, that was that was the heartbreaker of all. That heartbreaker. was a heartbreaker. Yeah, for sure. Because um, they were it was just they were so close. Just that final minute gave up that goal. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? The stars are on a train, though, right now. I mean, oh, they, yeah, just, they, they can't be denied right now. I would have never thought that uh, in a million years when we did the preseason. I would have never thought that they'd be playing as well as they are. So, looking at the scoring log tonight, Cody Glass has a goal, his third. Colton Sissons has his fifth goal of the season. Colton Sissons has been stuffing the stat sheet late, lately. Yeah, yeah, and I will say that one, one lineup decision – that John Hines has made recently that seems to be really, well, he's made a couple actually mm-hmm. that have really seemed to be panning out and making him look like a smart man recently. <laughs> One of them is Colton Sissons in the top yeah. six. Hey man, maybe that's all he needed. He needed that shot. Um, Col- Colton Sissons is, is getting involved offensively, everybody. I mean, he is. I mean, we let's look at his game log recently. He's never been confused as an offensive player, right? But he's no. got a three-game point streak now since <clears throat> moving into the top six. So you might have something here. You might have something here. Yeah, hopefully. Nino Niederreiter, he's got three assists tonight. That's awesome. <clears throat> he almost had a goal, um, hit the post. And then we obviously cannot overlook Tommy Novak and oh, and what really? this what this guy is doing since he's been called back up. Um, everyone, like- free, I mean, he's he's he he had zero points against Vegas, but he was still very much a factor in that game, even though yeah. he didn't log a point. Uh, but he has got points in five of his first seven games since being called yeah. back up. Five yeah. of 
of his first seven. Yeah, I mean, it's a that's I, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. <clears throat> so that's that's good. Like to see and that when he when he when he came out of the lineup last season, he hit the COVID list mm-hmm. and was just never able to make his way back into the lineup for whatever reason. We can talk about that another day. Why he never was able to come back into the lineup last season. A lot of it had to do with just there wasn't room for him. But he should be up here to stay now. Like for real, like he should be up here to stay. This is one of those really big positives that we're getting out of this season. That's been pretty, pretty underwhelming so far is Tommy Novak and Cody glass. Yeah. Cody glass, especially, um, they were talking about it on the game earlier, how, you know, when he started the season, he was all hyped to be here and he had some a few issues not playing up to what they thought he should have been playing at. But man, the last few games or probably the last more than, than a few, he's really turned it on. And that's, that's uh, glad to see him doing that. He, he's one of our favorites for sure. <clears throat> And uh, also, Roman Yossi has seven shots on goal tonight, so he is all over the net. Got a goal. And he, and he scored the last goal. So, um, you've got that as well. Kyle Look Perkins is joining the episode. Look who crashed the party tonight. How do, boys? We missed you last week, brother. We missed I you missed y'all. Week. I think we missed you the last two weeks, right? Well, we the week before, it was everybody was gone. And then oh, last right. week. Yeah. Last week, I wasn't back from Christmas yet. The week before, no one showed up because it was Christmas. That's right. That's right. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kyle, are you getting a chance to catch this uh, Preds-Canadians game? We're, we're giving live game reaction. Third period is about to start. Preds are up 5-2. to two. I think the score is a little misleading because the defense has still had some issues. Uh, what are you seeing tonight? I think there's a few guys that are either playing to get traded or playing to <laughs> stay on the team. All right. That's fair yeah. enough. Matthias Eckholm, for one, who is suddenly jumping. It's that time yeah. of year where Matthias Eckholm gets floated around. Yeah, a, uh, I feel so bad team. for him, too. Because oh, no. all he wants is to just stay in Nashville, and it's every year that's, oh, he's getting traded. Yep. And he's got a, he's got a goal and an assist tonight. So let's actually let's actually get into that topic here for episode 166 now that Kyle Perkins has graced us with his presence. Um, let's talk about this recent trade buzz with the Nashville Predators that's heating up. I'm telling you, this is going to be a team that's going to jump in all of those trade articles that you see floating around on the internet. You're going to see the Nashville Predators and their players pop up in these little quick lists of when mm-hmm. they list players who are trade targets. And let's start with a player that we have actually talked about on this podcast since going back to the offseason. We have brought up this player, and that's Dante Fabro. Um, <laughs> Kyle, oh, you're, you're jumping in, so we're going to give you the floor. What do you think is the best path forward for the National Predators? Let's remind our listeners right now who might not know or might not have realized it, Dante Fabro is a healthy scratch for this game right now against the Montreal Canadiens, which is a very rare occurrence. You don't normally healthy scratch a player like Dante Fabro. 
Um, so Kyle, what do you, what do you think is going on here? I think it's very suspicious. Um, agree. You know, we, we let Tolvanen go for what he went for. And I was, a have been a lot more upset with Fabro's production than I was Tolvanen's. Mm-hmm. If you can get anything for Fabro at this point, I think it's a good thing. Uh, you've got a couple of other younger defensemen in, in the organization coming up that could fill his spot. He's proven that he's not that top-paired defenseman that he was supposed to be. I mean, you can find a guy that's going to play beside Jeremy Lazan for a nickel. I mean. There's one in there tonight. Yep. And he's <laughs> McEwen, hey, Roland McEwen is – I mean, I've seen some pretty bad third-pairing defensemen roll through this Nashville Predators organization over the last six mm-hmm. or seven years. And Roland McEwen, I, I, I'm taking a flyer on him. I, I, I hey, don't man. think he's that bad. I don't either. And when they brought uh, the other guy in with him when McDonough was out too, they both they both did their job. Kevin Gravel, yeah. That's it. yeah. Yeah, they both did their jobs. They did exactly what they needed to do. They played together in Milwaukee. So it was good to bring them up, uh, both as a pair. Um, hey, man, you know, they, and they, I said think, they, they said they brought him up to, for some competition to show. Like, And I think, I think that's why – Here's just my sneaking suspicion, and then um, I'll see what you guys think about this, but it seems pretty obvious. Um, I think that most likely there is some behind-the-scenes phone calls being made by David Poyle, and he's, he's testing the market right now. He's seeing what's out there. Why? Here, here's what I'm thinking. He is healthy scratching Dante Fabro for two reasons. For one, you don't want him to go out there and get take an injury. If you're trying to make him a trade, Absolutely. if you're tr- that your trade value is going to tank if he takes a day to day injury Absolutely. or a or a God forbid a week to week injury or whatever it might be. Also, his trade value might tank if he goes out and has a couple bad games. But I'm also thinking that David Poyle wants to test his defensive depth in this prospect pipeline, and so now you're seeing Roland McEwen out here tonight who. He already had to go out there when Ryan McDonough was out for a while. And when Jeremy Lazan was out, Alexander mm-hmm. Carrier was out. Remember when the Predators lost all those oh, defensemen yeah. all at yep. the same time? Yep. We saw McEwen in there. So they're, he's testing the waters. It's pretty obvious that he is open to shopping Dante Fabro right now. Does that break your heart, Kyle? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't think it would. So I, I'm sorry. I have to bring this up. Just watching it, Forsberg and Parson and play so well together. Yes, the, they the, do. It's fun to watch. Forsberg even brought it up. How much he likes playing with him. That's good. That's awesome. anyway. It was just this little sequence, but no, yeah, yeah. we're we're doing live game we're reaction game. right now. The Preds are on the power play. They're up five to two. They're nursing a, a, a good three goal cushion against a team that gives up a ton of goals. They're one of the highest scored teams against in the league. So it shouldn't shock you too much that the Preds have five goals. But at the same time, the Preds are not a high scoring team in terms of NHL mm-hmm. looking around the league, but they've been showing some promise as of late on the offensive Absolutely. end. So with. Tommy Novak and Cody Glass. Yes. Goals. Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. So happy to see Cody Glass having success. I mean, we're watching. I'm watching the sequence sequence right now, guys. I don't know who's on what seat. If you're ahead of me or or whatever, but this passing looks I, worlds yeah. apart different than what it looked like maybe three weeks ago. It's I mean, amazing. they they're back on the same page. They're even when they don't score, or even when something breaks maybe there's a pass broken up or maybe the goalie makes a really spectacular save they are making they're generating offensive chances finally they're manufacturing stuff right now yep they are yeah, they don't look lost they don't and they're like when before when they try a stretch pass you'd be like oh boy that one's that one's gone but not anymore i mean they're 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 even getting those those through which is good so and you're seeing you're it's seeing so the captain you're seeing the captain Romeosi out there just quarterbacking this this team, like I call him a quarterback, when, especially on the power play. Romeosi oh, is out there on the point; he's quarterbacking it. <coughs> and then Philip Forsberg is, you know, right before you jumped in, Kyle, I I basically said, look, if there's a lever on the wall and it's labeled beast mode, we were waiting for Forsberg to pull that lever for the first month or two of the season i think he's activated that lever yeah he's he's notoriously streaky uh but man when he gets on one is it something yeah he's he's on one now yeah he's he's looking like the nine million dollar filbert and as and as you you guys have both said it's not just Forsberg. It's his line mates. It's Cody Glass. It's Tommy Novak. It's Yuso Parsonen. They're all contributing to this right now. And it's it's really cool to see, no matter what happens with the season, let's say the Predators miss the playoffs. Okay. One thing that I think we have in the bank right now that we're going to be really happy about is we're, we're finally seeing – some of the training wheels pulled off and we're getting to see some of these young players go out there and they're going to make some mistakes. Parson has made some mistakes, some bad mm-hmm. mistakes. Oh, yeah, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Novak made a really critical giveaway that led to that Jamie Ben goal. Um, it's going to happen, but we're seeing far more good positive over negative with these youngsters right now. And that's what gives me a lot of hope right now. Yep. Our friend, our friend Justin Gambino joined us and he says, how did the Preds got five goals and Forsberg, Forsberg only has three fantasy points? Oh, we're talking oh, fantasy. Wow. We're talking, we're talking catfish on ice fantasy oh, hockey league right now. Gambino's oh, wow. jumping in with that. Oh, wow. The Preds are on a five on three. That's and awesome. they just scored and they just did scored. They? Oh, That's goal number six for the Predators tonight on only 20 shots. I'm not there yet. I'm not either. It It feels good to be ahead of you guys for a change on the stream. I feel like I'm always behind. Oh, wow. What a shot. Dude, this power play is clicking on all cylinders right now. Oh, I love seeing this again. I love seeing this again. We haven't had this in a while. The bang. So cool. That was quite the laser by that. That is that is the equivalent of a slam dunk in hockey, though, because Absolutely. when you have elite passing structure on a power play like that, and you leave the defense just basically dead to arms, like 
And you find Duchesne open on the outside like that, where all he has to do is pretty much just pick a spot on the goal, and yeah. he all he has to do yeah. is hit that target. What's the goaltender supposed to do there? I will say, devil's advocate here, that the Canadians have the worst penalty kill in the league, so take it for it what is. it is. And it was a five on three, but we'll take it. It's a we'll six to it. two. It's a six to two score right now. Preds are cruising. We don't get games like this very often, so we're gonna no. Enjoy we're going to bask in it. the glory. We're going to bask in the glory here. Yeah. Did you sure. see uh, the thing with Ovechkin and the Canadians' moms the other day? I did see that. That was the greatest thing ever. He scored a hat trick against them. Yeah, and then he took a picture with their moms after the game. <sighs> Those, if I was their son, I'd be like, what's up with that mom? I know he's the great one or whatever, but. Let's, uh, right. let's continue with this conversation real quick about um, – Trade pieces, trade rumors. We got some things across the screen there. So we've already talked about Dante Fabro. Let me talk about Matias Ekholm here. Uh, so it just came out today. Daily face-off, Frank Saravelli, who is the main NHL insider for that awesome website, one of my go-to websites. I love a lot of the stuff they put out. They released their first 2023 top trade targets board. They listed a bunch of players who are their top trade targets, players who are going to be out there on the market. Um, and Matias Ekholm popped up on the list. And As always. I will say their argument was that there's going to be a couple teams who will be willing to take on his term. Um, and big fat salary. And well, I mean, he's got three years left right now on his current deal if a team took him on. At six point two five million, so I mean, he's not like the most expensive player out there. If you're looking at it from a Preds perspective, if somehow that was pulled off, you want to talk about facilitating a rebuild. That's so what something you do right there. Unloading Absolutely. unloading a Dante Fabro doesn't really yeah. signify that you're rebuilding that much. Like the, trading no. trading a Matias Ekholm, that would make the message loud and clear. Mm-hmm. that something's going on. Well, y'all know what I've said that will be the signal of the rebuild starting. Is that UC Soros. UC Soros. I just I don't even I don't, like I don't even like I, to hear it. I don't think they'll I don't know. That would I mean I'm not saying it couldn't happen and I mean it's on the bottom of the screen there as possible trade pieces. I'm not saying it's completely impossible for that to ever happen. I don't. I can't see David Poyle doing it though. I I couldn't see him relinquishing that his Vesna goaltender like that. I I could yeah. see him. I could see him ship. I could see him trading Kevin Lankin in at the trade deadline because uh, especially if they're out of it. If they're out of it, they're out of it. If they're out of it, and there's a team out there who has an injured goaltender, or there's a team out there who needs a solid goaltender, I don't think enough people are talking about Kevin Lankinen as a trade piece right now. But it would he would be an easy rental pickup for a lot of teams out there because he's a free agent. How many teams want a reliable goaltender going into the playoffs? Edmonton. Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, God sure. knows they can't buy one. And nope. I, and here's what I'm thinking. Do the, why would why wouldn't the Preds explore shopping Lankinen if you don't see a long term future with him anyway here because you've already got Iroslav Askarov who's going to eventually jump into the mix so I actually think that Kevin Lankinen as much as I 
enjoy watching him play, and I think he's been a really good, solid offseason addition. Um, even though it didn't make sense to me at the time, I've, right. I've, I've, I've drawn back and said I was wrong about that originally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could become a trade piece for you right now, Kevin Lincoln, yeah. and I do. I think you could get something out of him and make that offseason pickup look even more brilliant. Yeah, uh, if they if there was an avenue, if they did, if they don't rebuild and there was some kind of way to keep Lincoln in with Soros for another year or two, I would be totally on board with that because I like I like him and he is a turned out to be a really good pickup for them. Um, yeah. At least until Askarov gets totally ready, which I don't watch the Admirals. Kyle could probably speak to it more. How long? What that timeline is looking like? He's had a couple you. shutouts here in the last so it's week or so. Well, it's on the trains on the track. <laughs> yeah, the, tra- awesome. the train is chugga chugga choo chooing. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate on this one, and I say if you're really wanting to do a rebuild, you trade Soros and keep Lankinen because he's going to be cheaper of a contract than That's Soros. A smart move, contract. actually. That's a good. You should be general manager. But here, well, awesome. I, I never I said I liked it. Yeah, well, you don't like it. You're not going to like it. But and here's my here's smart. my thing about here's here's my thing about keeping Lincoln, and I don't think that's a bad thought either. But my thing is, it's all about what is David Poyle looking for here, and if right, and if and and what is Kevin right. Lincoln going to bring on the open market as well? Um, mm-hmm. If you trade UC Soros, you're going to get a Boat massive load. return <laughs> yeah. to facilitate a repeal when it comes to draft picks, when it comes to some prospects, you probably are going to get a really quality, good starter that hopefully David Poyle handpicks and says, I want that guy. Yeah. And, and hopefully it's someone on the young end of their career who has a super high ceiling. Mm-hmm. I won't even begin to speculate what teams are out there who could make a UC Soros trade even possible because I haven't even looked into it. But I will say that if you move forward with Kevin Lankin in, he's not going to be cheap because he, I think that there's a lot of teams who are going to want to, who have seen enough this year from him already to where, Hey, I'll take him as my starter next year. We screwed up by not signing him this past off season. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's a really tricky situation right now. And of course it's all hinges on what do the predators do in these next couple of weeks in the standings. If they, I'm telling you, I don't see David Poyle surrendering and throwing the white flag and selling off, um, if the team is hanging around and he has done this in the past where we, we talked about it to open up the episode, Rich brought it up. We've seen this in the past where the predators flirt with that playoff bubble and they toy with our hearts. And then guess what they do? They don't, they're definitely not going to sell at that point. And you can't expect a general manager to, to, to sell when they've got a chance, you know? As, yeah. as much as frustrating as it is for the fans, <clears throat> the bad thing at this point, the Predators have to uh, hop over like three teams, three or four teams to get even into the wild card. Yeah. Um, Seattle's sitting in the number one spot with 42 points. The Predators have 36. Um, they got a well, they don't have, they've got some games in hand actually against. You, I mean, you can make up that. You, you I'm can not even. Yeah, I'm not even focused on the point di- differential right now because there's so many games left. I mean, you can easily chip that away 
Um, yeah. We've seen it before. I mean, I'm not really worried about that. You know, my whole focus is on can this be a viable team in the postseason? And more yeah. than likely not. More than likely not. <laughs> so, and I don't see them having any cap space right now to do anything at the trade deadline to change that. The yeah. only way this team is going to do anything special in the postseason is if UC Soros puts on a performance for the ages, which is possible. I mean, he's it's an elite possible. goaltender. He's a world-class goaltender. And I think David Poyle hangs his hat on that. Mm-hmm. I think he well, absolutely like, does. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like you said earlier, Chad, like <clears throat> they played well against Vegas. They wound up getting at least a point. They played well against Dallas, um, lost in that final minute. <clears throat> but can they hang with those guys for a seven-game series? And it just – at this point, I just don't no. think it's possible. <clears throat> I mean, look at this. All right, so Soros to, – to speak on the possibility of Soros ever being traded by the Predators – Let's say even this season. Let's say the Predators decide to rip it all apart like a lot of fans want. Um, he's a $5 million goaltender AAV. That is insanely underpriced for what he does oh, yeah. for this team. It is mind-boggling how much of a bargain he is he, this year. He will he, jump. I mean, it's – Yeah, he really wanted to stay in Nashville. <laughs> he's got <laughs> – yeah. He's got two more years left after this. Two yeah. more years. So he's not even a long-term gamble for no. someone who might want him. So no. to Kyle's point, you would get a king's ransom on UC Soros if you traded oh, it, him. I, I mean, just, you, you look at how much Sergei Bobrovsky makes. Yeah, and he's and, and he's okay at best. Yeah. Um, Look at how much Jack Campbell makes, and he's not okay at best. Yeah, the soup is not good. Soup, soup is not good. The, the no, soup is the soup is no went soup bad. You. No soup for you, for sure. Um, yeah, I, just, I mean it's it's weird to think that the, that this team could move forward without UC Soros, but like things are gonna. I, I think at the trade deadline, things would have to be very very bad at this point for them to do something like that. <clears throat> I mean, it would have to be bad, like really bad. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, what, I think what David Poyle is doing right now is he's doing his due diligence as a very seasoned mm-hmm. general manager. He's been doing this for decades upon decades. He knows what he's doing and he's, he's definitely taking phone calls and he is watching this closely to see mm-hmm. what the team he assembled does in the standings. And, I mean, there might be some Preds fans out there who hope the Predators lose so they can do what they have to do. I mean, I'm not in that camp. I always never seen the Predators win. Never. But, um, yeah, it's it's something that's at the back of your mind right now if the Predators do continue to lose. Because Connor Bedard, if you haven't been focusing on the World Juniors, this guy is one of the most elite prospects we've seen since Connor McDavid. Kid's pretty insane. And the last time I checked, according to Money Puck, the Predators have a take it for a grain of salt for whatever you will on these odds that they come up with. But I can't get enough of it. Um, 
the Predators have a 3.4% chance of landing the top overall pick, which would undoubtedly be Connor Medard. So take that for what it is. Um, the Predators haven't picked top 10 in the draft since Seth Jones in 2013, I believe. So, you know, th- you're talking about a franchise that very rarely even comes into the NHL lottery mm-hmm. picture. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of fans would love to see the Predators get in that territory. They're done with it. They're sick of this same old tired product. And they 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 want to see David Poyle rip it apart. UC Sar trading away UC Soros, trading away Matias Ekholm. That would certainly get the engines revving when it comes to a rebuild. I know a lot of people want to see that happen, but I just cannot get on board with <laughs> with that. I don't know. It's just it's tough. <clears throat> it's tough. So it's such of a weird in between spot that it's hard to say. Just blow it up. If it was an yeah, old, right. completely older team that was underperforming and there's like no hope for the future. Sort of like what the Penguins are going to have here in the next couple of years after Sydney and Malkin and uh, <laughs> that group Sydney, retired. Pretty They're going to have to do a full rebuild because they don't have anything in the pipeline. There's yeah. there's not that hope for the future. But you see these guys coming up from Milwaukee now and are playing mm-hmm. well at the NHL level. It's hard to say just blow it up when you've still it got is. potential – with these younger guys there yeah. and potential and potential with the guy like Forsberg, like still, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like It's not like Forsberg's a slouch. Yeah, exactly. So here's something I want to ask you guys. So if, if we don't do well here, instead of doing a rebuild, going to that, that route, would you, would you think people would be satisfied if we tried to get a new coach first and then David Poyle rides off into the sunset and we try that route before that we blow this whole thing up? I think it would do a lot for, like, fan morale. I don't know yeah. that it's going to do a lot for – Well, here's, here's the thing. If What people don't realize is you might not like John Hines and you might think he's not the right head coach long-term, and I tend to agree with that. But what people don't realize is when you change head coaches like that, mm-hmm. especially with a team that's starting to gel, a young team, has anyone gone to these players and asked them how they feel about a head coaching change? Because if you make a head coaching change like that, it's going to definitely send ripples into ripple effects into the locker room in the core of that um, locker room that yep. has been good enough to at least qualify for the playoffs under John mm-hmm. Hines. And so, in there, I can I would think that a lot of those players don't listen to all this outside noise and. They they're playing for John Hines, and they yeah. they feel that they are good enough to win a Stanley Cup. So I think that that is not as simple to just let him go yeah. this season because I think it all goes in a package deal. If you're going to rebuild, then yes, of course you mm-hmm. let go of John Hines, and and <clears throat> you you move into a rebuild with a new head coach. But if, if as long as you're keeping Soros around, as long as you're keeping Eckholm around, as long as you're keeping all these core anchors around you can't it's going to be hard to change head coaches when the team is still battling for playoff appearances yeah Yeah. that's true it would take a really bold decision by david poyle that 
historically he doesn't do. We're no. talking about a franchise that has has had three head coaches in its history since yep. 1998. Three head yep. coaches. He held on to Barry Trotz until the bitter end, you know. And yeah. it was more of a mutual thing when they when they parted ways. It was yeah. not like a brutal, nasty mm-hmm. firing, yeah. you know. And it was hard on the fan base. And then they brought Peter Laviette let in, and that was a little bit of a shocking firing midseason. Uh, but that locker room was was a mess oh, at the man. time. And he was ruining players. <laughs> That's your two head coaching changes in the entire franchise's history. Yeah. That's your two head coaching. David Poyle is not a shoot the hip type of guy that's going to go fire somebody. No, not not when they're in the middle, like we said. <clears throat> um, I got this. Speaking of this whole trend, I went back and looked at – I went back to 2018 – and looked back at all the first selections in each draft <laughs> that the Predators made. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go after 2018 because it's way too soon to make a sweeping conclusion right. about those draft picks. Although the ones after 2018 look really, really good early on when it comes to Philip Tomasino, Iroslav Skarov, Joachim Kimmel, they all look really good. But I don't want to make any big conclusions on them this early because they haven't even Tomasino's obviously gotten some NHL playing time, but for the most part, we can't really make a big solid conclusion on those. So I started at 2018. Here's, here's the list of what they did for this Preds organization. 2018, Yakim Kondalik first, he's playing his first full season with the Admirals. We'll see how that looks. I want to, I, before I go down the list, what do you, what do you know about Kondalik, uh, Kyle? How's he looking? I mean, he's a solid kid. I I don't know that he's ever going to make a huge impact in the NHL, but I could see him as a solid fourth-line guy. Number one, he's absolutely massive. He mm. is a humongous human being. We know the Preds like those. Yep. And he has surprisingly good hands for somebody his size. Okay. So, you know, as a fourth-line center, I could see him making his way to the NHL in that role. Okay. So that one is up in the air. We won't make anything. Let's let's go to 2017. Ellie Tolvanen was their first selection in that draft. We all know what's happened there. Lost on waivers. Uh, Dante Fabro, we've already talked about him. He is likely a trade piece. He was the first selection in the 2016 draft. It's trending in a, in a very negative direction when it comes to his long-term future mm-hmm. with the Predators. 2015 was Yakov Trenin. I think he's a solid bottom six role player. Do I think he's ever going to be an everyday top six elite goal scorer? Or nope. um, probably not. That's no knock on Yakov Trenin. I think he serves his role well. And every every player in this league has a role. I think his ceiling is a bottom six goal scoring role player. Maybe one day he might be able to come into something more. Maybe. Maybe. What do you think about that, Kyle, when it comes to trending? Do you think he has a higher ceiling than that? What do you think? I, I think he's probably a second-line ceiling. Okay. Um, well, that would be good then. I think it's just the opportunities that he's being afforded. If you look back at his time in Milwaukee, he was a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. That was his M.O. So. Okay. He's. I uh, mean, yeah, there's still hope there. There's still hope there's, there. There's no grace in that game. It's all – 
bulldozer. Blunt force object. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. But, you know, we're talking about a draft pick. We're talking about a draft pick of of now seven years ago coming up on eight years ago. As of right now, his ceiling, he's reached a bottom six regular role player status. It gets a little ugly after this. 2014, they took Kevin Fiala at the 11th pick overall, and he was eventually traded for Mikel Granlund. You, we can argue all day and night on whether hindsight 2020, if that was a great trade or not. I think that it's impossible to say one way or the other. You can make arguments for, for both sides of it. Yep. Um, cause Granlin's done some really good things for this organization. Kevin Fiala is obviously a way more elite high ceiling goal scorer than Granlin is. So take it for what it is, but it's still tough to see Fiala traded like that. Um, go back to 2013, Seth Jones was the first selection in their draft and he was eventually traded for Ryan Johansson. 2012 was Pontus Aberg. He was... He, he was like a weird, he was almost like a Yakov training. He would show up in random moments and score some really clutch goals. But in his Preds career, he ends up only playing 52 games and only puts up 10 points. So yeah. that's that's not a good return for your first selection in a draft. Yeah. Two, <laughs> 2011 was a goaltender, Magnus Helberg. Hmm. I just put, I got nothing. I, I didn't even know what to say about that one. He played in one game for the organization. Wow. One game. That's crazy. So let's go ahead and throw the 2011 pick in the garbage there. Uh, 2010 was Austin Watson. I put, he played his role. He was a fan favorite. Still plays. But he still never really panned out when it comes to making your first selection in a draft. I'm sorry. No. You have to go back to 2009 for me to really pick a player that really panned out long-term for your organization when it comes to your first selection in a draft, and that's Ryan Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to start hitting on these first selections you make in these drafts, no matter where you're picking. I don't care if it's late in the first round. I don't care if it's – so. I guess devil's advocate here, we're all playing devil's advocate. My devil's advocate position here is just because David Poyle, let's say the team, I'm not saying they're going to tank on purpose, but let's say they do fall apart and they get a top 10 lottery pick. How do we know that David Poyle is not going to botch another first selection in a draft? You know, it's hard to, it's hard to say he botches them though. Cause it's like, you never know if they're going to work out to begin with, but yeah, I don't know. It's a weird it's player thing. development. It comes down to coaches as well. It does. The coaches yeah. have to develop these players. It's not all on David Poyle. But as so, you've just shown, it's just it's go not a good track record. It's, it's not, not a good, good track. Record. And the good the and some of the good picks they did make, like I think Kevin Fiala was a good pick, but mm-hmm. he didn't end up being an anchor for your franchise. You ended up trading no. him away. So I mean And it took a while for who you traded him for to come into his game. That's why a lot of people, including myself, were so really upset to see how it ended with Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah. Because he was in 2017, that was a pick that all the NHL analysts were saying, this is a steal. Mm -hmm. This is the steal of the draft to get him so late in the first round after the team just went to the Stanley cup final 
times yeah. were good then. The buzz was around the Preds was swirling. They went to the Presidents. They got the Presidents Trophy the next year. It's it's sad to see how that ended with Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah, that's for sure. So, but the mm. but that but that 2017 Stanley Cup final buzz was a house of cards. <laughs> they were building everything on a house of cards. <laughs> yeah. They captured magic in a bottle and then thought that that was going to be in the can every time. Absolutely. For sure. By the way, ha- by the way, I got to throw this out there. Hashtag Sissons did score. He there did. Still makes me sick to this day. And also, if the Ottawa Senators would have just figured out a way to knock out the Penguins in the Eastern Conference Finals in overtime of Game 7, the Predators would have a Stanley Cup under their resume because the Predators would have absolutely beaten the Senators in the Cup Final. All right, I'm done. I'm off my high horse there. There All you right. go. So Before- your third, <laughs> third star was Nino Niederreiter. Second was Matias Ekholm. And I'm guessing the first one's going to be Tommy, Tommy Novak. Novak. Tommy Novak getting the love on the Preds post-game interview. He has a goal and an assist. Good for I, him. I, I, he deserves to be on the main Let's roster. Do. I don't – I mean – I think he will be. I, I mean, think he's I think he's given the coaches no other choice but to. Yeah. I mean, this it, guy is is a stat sheet, stat sheet stuffer. Sorry, that's a tongue twister there. That, wow, he, that's good. Um, but, yeah, try yeah. to say that five times. Kudos fast, to you, right? sir. I oh, I botched it the first time. Stat yeah, sheet stuffer. Stat sheet. God, it's hard. To, right. anyway. Look at uh, it. Johan- sounded good in my head. It sounded good in my head before I said yeah, you it. got it. You look at Johansson, and everybody's like, oh, he's too nonchalant and whatever. I don't think I've ever seen Tommy Novak show emotion. It's like yeah. I don't think he smiles. He's just kind of like, hey, good to be uh, here. He's like, I like hockey. He, he, he's just calm, cool, and collected, man. He's just – he looks like he's been playing for like six or seven years. But that's what I love about this young nucleus of players we got coming in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel the same way about UCL Parson, and I feel the same way about Cody Glass. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys are in there. And in in a lot of occasions, I feel the same way about Alex Carrier. Mm-hmm. I mean, we forget about Carrier a lot of times because he get he's 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 so easy to overlook because he he's he's a defenseman. He doesn't make a lot of highlight reels, but I mean, he's another young guy in this nucleus that's new. To, I mean, he really burst onto the scene last year, so and he played a lot of minutes for Milwaukee before oh, he yeah. finally got his chance. Mm-hmm. So he also should be thrown into that whole yep. conversation of these young guys who look very, very comfortable right now and are making the future look bright regardless of what happens this year. I do got to throw in in this whole trade buzz thing. Don't leave out Alex Carrier as a trade piece, though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy about it, but it's very possible. I think he's one of those pieces, like you're talking about, for a rebuild. I think he's one of those players that you would need. Well, personally, I that well, we're going to get into that in the next segment. I, I'm right there with you. I would not trade away an Alex Carrier if I'm thinking about a long-term rebuild. I'd rather keep him around. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're looking to build assets and build draft picks and move on, then he's another player that would get a lot of market value as yeah. a young defenseman. So I, I'll just throw that out there. I don't think he'll be traded, but He's, he's yeah. still someone you should mention. Yep. All right. So 
the Preds do win six to two going away. Easy, easy win. About as easy of a win as you can ask for in today's NHL. Six to three, I should say. I'm sorry, the Canadians scored late. Yeah, they got a late Gallagher. garbage goal. Gallagher scored. He put a, a watermelon goal. up on the table and smacked it with a hammer and put it in there. Gallagher. How dare you? How dare you, you mess? How dare you mess up UC Saros's numbers? That's just know. rude. That's just rude. So Saros has been posting all these plus 90 save percentages lately, and then giving up that late goal put him a one a point oh one percentage point below 90. <laughs> so Gall- Gallagher, that was just rude. That is rude. Niederreiter puts up three assists on the night. So good game from him offensively. Eckholm puts up two points, a goal and an assist. Glass gets a goal, his third of the season. Sissons gets a goal. Novak puts up a two-point night to continue his offensive tear. And then Matt Duchesne gets on the scoreboard for his 11th goal of the season. And congrats to the Duchesne family for um, oh, their, yeah, right. for their new daughter. Um, he missed one of the games recently, uh, but no one's going to fault him for being there for the birth of his daughter. And I thought that was amazing that he yeah. was there for his family, for his daughter, for that. Cause that's, sure. you, you can't replace that. Absolutely. So, um, good stuff there. Good vibes. Let's talk about DraftKings real quick before we move on here. DraftKings hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NHL new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. You're watching the game in the second period. You think that a certain team's going to score a couple more goals. You can bet on that. You can get it on the same-game parlays to maximize your payout and win even more money on your bets. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So what you got to do now, all you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game. That simple. And get $150 in free bets if that team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPM. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes below for details. If you need gambling help or assistance, have a gambling crisis, there are ways and phone numbers you can call to get support on that. All right. All of this, all of this rebuild talk right now as the Predators uh, keep winning, so that's going to keep fading probably. But it's still very, it's still very likely right now that it could happen. So, hypothetically know. speaking, and we'll go to Kyle first. Who are your top five most coveted, most important players in the aftermath of a rebuild? So, players that you think are important to stick around after you trade away Yusuf Soros, after you trade away uh, Matias Ekholm, whoever it may be where you tear this team apart. We know Forsberg's around for the long haul. We know that Roman Yossi is your untouchable. Those are really your only two untouchables on this team right now. It's okay, Roman, so Yo- Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg are your two untouchables. So you want people other than those two? Yeah, player like players who you think are going to be 
important for the long-term future of this team <clears throat> to climb through a rebuild? Um, wow. I know that's a that's not an easy question. I know it's not. Parson and Carrier, Askarov, Kimmel, and the ESPN Thomasino. And the ESPN notification. <laughs> Thomasino, Kimmel, Arsenin, Askarov, Carrier. Okay. That's Those are good. good. I like That's that. I mean. Well, definitely, definitely a scar up. I mean, come on now. I mean, if 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 you're because if you go through a rebuild, then I don't know how you keep Soros and Askarov on the same team. Like one, I don't I don't know how how I could I could see a scenario where Soros where Askarov backs up Soros for a year. Yeah, I could see that happening. But eventually, mm-hmm. you're gonna pick one of the two. And if you go through a rebuild, you're probably not going to keep Soros. You're going to move forward with a Skarov, and you're going to trade away Soros for, like we've been saying, a huge trade return. And so Askarov definitely has to be on there, and he's on my list as well. Alex Carrier, I mean, he's definitely important. He's proven he can be a top-line defenseman. I just don't know if he makes it through a rebuild. I can see him getting traded away eventually if that's what the team ends up going through. Um, mm. Philip Tomasino has to be in your long-term future. I think that's why they sent him down to Milwaukee to begin with is because they're thinking about the long game here. Yeah. So that's an easy one. Philip Tomasino, you're hoping that he ends up being your next Philip Forsberg or your next – you're basically your next um, – white whale that you've never been able to find, which is an elite top six center that is homegrown. Yep. This team has never been able to develop a top six center, develop <clears throat> one homegrown. So you're hoping that I think they protected him by sending him to Milwaukee. Like, Hey kid, you're just not ready. You know, we can be armchair quarterbacks here and say, we don't get that, but we're not behind the scenes. We're not scouts. We're not coaches. So I'll leave that to the professionals on why they sent him down there. Um, but it's he seems to be doing pretty good down there, and, and hopefully he will be ready to go as soon as this season. It's very possible he gets called up eventually. If something bad, yeah, if everything goes south, <clears throat> they might as well bring him up for sure. I also have Cody Glass in there and Yusuf Parsonen. Um, and then, I mean, it comes down to either take your pick. Ooh, or, yes, take, Glass, my God. I was gonna it's say. A, I only gave you five choices, so I, I kind of had him in my like. He's a given. Yeah. Thing, so. Um. I think the key question here, and then we'll hear from Rich. I think it comes down to you're gonna have to pick between Soros and Askarov. Which one do you mm-hmm. want more? Do you do you have all the faith in the world that Askarov is is good to go, and then you let Soros go and get that huge trade return, or? Do you re-sign Soros and keep him as the next Pecorine of the National Predators organization? You keep him around as the long-term, we're going to make sure Soros retires as a National Predator, and then you trade away Iskarov for a smaller trade pa- trade return, most likely, because he's never played an NHL game or probably played very few NHL games at that point. But you would still get some 
a good return out of him as a high end goalie prospect. Um, I think eventually they're going to have to choose between the two. What do you What do you think um, a few bad years of horrible Predators team would do for UC Saros's uh, psyche as far as could he handle getting scored on a bunch for a couple of years or you think that I don't, I'm not worried about that at all with him. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I, he already shows that he's, that he doesn't let that rock him. How many yeah. games have we seen Soros just get completely just peppered for 30 or 40 shots in all these high danger scoring chances. And he keeps the predators in the game. He That's keeps true. it to a, you know, uh, you know, people wake up the next morning, they look at the final score, maybe they turn the game off early and they see, oh, the Predators lost five to four, they lost five to three. Oh, Soros must have been horrible because he gave up five goals. But they don't actually look at the game and see that if he wasn't an elite goaltender that he is, he would have probably given up seven or eight goals. So yeah. I, I don't I'm not worried about that at all in terms of Soros being the anchor through a rebuild. Um the problem with that is can you effectively rebuild when you have a Vesna trophy goaltender? He's always going to keep you mm-hmm. in the middle. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're not going to actually, you're not going to be bad enough as long as Soros is between the pipes. That's true. You look true. at the New York Rangers when they had Henrik Lundqvist. Mm. Whenever Henrik was in his heyday, they never were bad enough to rebuild. They were, Constantly, like right. the predators in that in that mucky middle. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. It's yeah. absolutely same thing. Yeah, I just I don't know if I don't know if David Poyle would ever be willing to jump off that ledge and trade away his coveted goalie. Pro- he's always he's always this organization has always had great goaltenders going all the way back to when they were an expansion team with Thomas yep. Vokun and Mike Dunham. And uh, they, they had some other good guys that that kind of held. Chris Mason was was good in his own right, and then you eventually got to Pecorine, mm-hmm. and he was the franchise, one of the all time greats, you know. And you're lucky to have that. So the Preds have never had to go through bad goaltending ever, you know. Well, and I don't and I don't know if David mm-hmm. Poyle is ready to jump off that ledge and take that chance and take that leap. Of going to a Kevin Lincoln in for his as his French as his primary right. starter, and yeah. I don't know if he's going to be ready to turn the keys over to Iroslav Askarov that fast, and that it would take him having to do it that fast because, like you know, Saros only has two more years left after this year. That's going to go by quick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're also assuming like when, like if the rebuild was to happen next year, is Poyle even like he might decide to retire after this season? You just never know. Like, is he the one you want leading you through a rebuild? I think we're, I think we're at least a year away from a real rebuild from this team. I don't think it's possible if you look at the, if you look at their cap situation right now and all of their contracts and where where they're at. Mm-hmm. There, there's just not a lot that you can really move unless you move Soros. Yeah. And that's why Kyle's spot on when he says it, that that would be the piece you would have to move if you're yeah. really going to do it. Yeah. You're really going to jump in the deep end and do this. Mm-hmm. That's who you have to let go of. Because you look at their forward core mm-hmm. right now, realistically speaking, 
No one's probably going to take Ryan Johansson. No one's not for what you want out of him. Mm-hmm. No one's going, and you're not going to trade away Matt Duchesne. It's no. just not. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, Mikael Granlund, I don't think his trade value is high enough right now. I mean, he, yeah, oh, he, he's putting assists out there, but he's for a lot of the really good elite teams. I don't think Granlund's a top six guy for a lot of the really good teams. Yeah, he would well, be a filler. He would <laughs> be a filler. He doesn't yeah. score enough. He doesn't shoot enough. He doesn't finish. He doesn't. He he's mm-hmm. just not that. He's not on that level. Yeah. Um, and he's also still got two more years left after this. So you're asking for a yep. team to take on two more years. I don't see that as real. Nino Niederreiter, I could see that possibly. Yeah. N- Nino's been lighting it up. I mean, I mean, he had like three so or four assists. I have tonight. no complaints on Mr. Niederreiter at all. But, but, I, but you could, I could see if, if this team was willing to just sell off, I could see – them saying thanks but thanks for what you did for us nino in this short amount of time it didn't work out yeah we're gonna you're you're a four million dollar player for one more year we're gonna send you this team who needs you more and we'll take a couple prospects and a draft pick or whatever so i I could see that happening i could see that happening but that doesn't really facilitate a rebuild so I just think this team is kind of stuck where they're at right now i think at least one more year for at least one more year I think they are too, and maybe for possibly more because, like, if you do a rebuild, and but you you know you're not going to lose Forsberg, obviously you're not going to want to get you know you're not going to lose Yossi. You're going to lose out on like two or three prime years for those dudes during a rebuild, mm-hmm. and that's and that sucks. Like that's that's not cool. So if if anything, if Poyle is still at the helm for two years, you're going to get another one of those competitive rebuilds that he coined that term. And I bet that's I bet that's what's going to happen because they are not going to be willing to have a, ba- a bad team, you know, with with Yossi and Forsberg because they're too good. I just don't yep. see it happening. But I don't know. Right, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on it. We'll have to keep an eye on it. They're they're very much no. They're very much in a very gray area right now. Uh, again, <laughs> yeah. There's that year. cloudy, you know situation all right we got a couple things to get to to wrap up episode 166 of catfish on ice with chad minton rich howe and kyle perkins we got the crew together tonight we got a lot of good comments so if you missed any good comments here let's see max greenberg says if you fire Hines, you have to do it now because you need time to instill a new system for the playoff push yeah that's not gonna happen i don't think it's gonna happen we're gonna fire him that makes sense that makes sense. It but they're not going to fire him at this stage of the season when they're when, when they're still kind of winning and they're still kind of hanging around. You're not even at the halfway point of the yeah. season yet. I it's think we just talk, not going to happen. I think we talked about it before Christmas that if they went through a little bad spell around Christmas, then it might happen. But they they started playing good, so I think he held on to his job for at least the rest of this season for sure. Yeah, most just likely just because of that. Just because of that, so. And, and 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 as as I said earlier, David Poyle is not the type to just pull the trigger like that very quickly. He's shown that in the past. No. Um, the dude's only had hired three head coaches is in his, in his entire twenty uh, five year history now, twenty four year history of being the GM of the National Predators. So I can't. Ooh. I think they have a really good relationship. Uh, Poyle and Hines do. Um, so it's going to have to get really bad. 
And I don't think it's nearly bad enough right now for him to just fire John Hines right now, as much yeah. as the fans want it. All right, we got we to gotta get into a couple quick things here. Uh, NHL tiers. Uh, I told Rich about this earlier. Kyle, I got to tell you about it. I, we've got four new tiers here. We did this earlier. We're going to do it again. You're being put right up against the – against the wall here and you got to answer quick <laughs> you don't got to answer every team kyle i'm not i'm not gonna put you up against the pressure that much but here's your four categories kyle okay and this is shaped around the current playoff picture that is starting to form mm-hmm. right now here's your four categories we've got our elite cup contenders we got our dangerous if they get in category we've got our not invited to the party yet so they're good, but they're not invited yet. We'll see what happens. And then we've got the pit of misery category. <laughs> um, so love it, Rich. How about you tell us? We'll give Kyle a t- some some time okay. to think about his teams. Uh, just kind of run through a couple of your categories. You don't have to name every team, but some of your biggest teams in each category. All right. So I'm going to do. So the first one, or let's do the last one. So it's pit of misery, right? <laughs> Let's, Who's going to be in this one? Get, I can't even imagine. Um, well, Columbus is in the pit oh, of misery. Poor Columbus. Um, they should have been so much better this year. They should have. I mean, this, this is just bad. They're horrible. Um, Chicago, they're still in the pit of misery as well. <laughs> they're deep. They can't even they're see the very, sunlight at this point. They are very deep. They've only won eight games. I mean, that yeah. is just crazy. And then Anaheim, obviously those guys. Anaheim so should have been better this year too. They should have. John I'm not Klingberg, saying – I'm not, saying, like, Why yeah. I'm like not Dallas saying. Why not leave Dallas? I'm not saying that they were going to be like a great postseason deep playoff push type of team, but yeah. they've got better players to be to be this bad. And with John yeah. Gibson and that poor John Gibson has been oh, completely lit up. I mean, that guy is having to make like forty or forty five mm-hmm. saves a game just mm-hmm. to not give up four goals. Yep. I mean, I bet there's, I bet there's going to be. Lots of movement at the trade deadline. <laughs> for, the Ducks like, will be definitely the Ducks, Chicago. Them. I guarantee you, Patrick Kane's going to be gone somewhere. Um, Eric Carlson from San Jose, he's probably going to be going somewhere. Yeah. Arizona's still trying to shop uh, Chickering Chicken, around. Chickering, so. one of my favorite Chickering. last names in the league is Chickering. Chickering. All right. So, what's the next one? The the dangerous if they get in. No, the not invited yet oh, is the next. Not one. invited. So yet. they're not. They're trying to get on that guest list to the playoff party, but they're not on the list. They're not. Invited I would say. Yet. I would say that's probably where Nashville falls in. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. They're 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 in pretty deep right now. So you know if they can get uh uh hop hop over a few of these teams, they'd be good. Um and, and a win over a win over the Canadians doesn't change my opinion at all. That does not help. it's nice to see them win. It's nice to get at a comfortable least. win. It feels good, does but not. it it doesn't move the needle for me at all, really. Doesn't help in the least. Um let's see who else is up. Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo's been playing really well. Um, let me let me let me chime in on a couple won. let me chime in on a couple teams I have in my not invited yet list. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do not invited. And then we'll, do, the, we'll, do the misery. You guys do your misery one. Well, I agree with you on the okay. pit of misery. Uh, I do well, yeah, have this. I was going to say real quick, I have the Canadians okay. in the pit of misery. Um, yeah. I've got the Flyers in there. Um, I really wanted to put the Coyotes in the not invited yet because they're scratching and clawing. And for, for how little of talent they have on that roster, 
that team doesn't that team doesn't lie down that team doesn't lie down they're not an easy out you have to take them seriously when you play them but i still put them in the pit of misery but they're not as deep in there as i once thought they were so i got them in there um my not invited yet list i put the preds in there yeah Yeah. that's given i put the flames in there which is didn't see that coming Going into the season, I got the Panthers in there, guys. The Panthers are a huge disappointment in the league race here. Oh Especially yeah, after time. last year. After yeah. last year, mm-hmm. I mean, you get well, it, it makes it makes them firing their coach after he got them to the playoffs and all that last year sound really freaking smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. you go out and get Matthew to Chuck, and I mean, he's putting up the numbers. He was my preseason. We're going to do next week's episode. We're going to revisit our preseason predictions. One of my preseason predictions, it was a bold <laughs> one, was that uh, Matthew DeChuck would be the league MVP. And he's putting up the numbers, but he ain't going to win league MVP playing for a Panthers team that probably not going to even make the playoffs. But um, I've got the Panthers in the not invited yet because I still think they could. They're, they're the, they're the mm-hmm. type of team that could string off seven or eight wins in a row and get back into it. Um, so I still got them in the not invited yet. I got the blues in there. I never bury the blues until they're just dead and gone. So I still got them in there. I got the Islanders in my not invited yet. And then I got That's my I got the Kings and the Penguins also in that category. Uh Kyle, uh fill in some teams there. Who's your not invited in your pit of misery? In the not invited, um Minnesota probably. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, uh, because they've been okay, but they haven't been great. Um, hmm. Pit of misery. I would I would move the Canadians up to not invited yet, but just on the strength of their young talent, hmm. Caulfield and uh, Doc and so those guys. They're at least they're fun to watch. They're they're at least having fun while not being great, kind of like the Sins were a couple years ago. Oh yeah. Um, so I would move them up just a touch. I, I agree with both of y'all on Nashville being on the not invited yet. Um, I think that's very more than fair. They, they should feel really grateful at this point that we give them that <laughs> ranking. And they could always get invited. There's time. They could. For the, oh, uh, there's stand- time they could fix it. Definitely. And we're going to go – We're for the sake of this whole exercise, the person who is writing the guest list is the Stanley Cup. And mm-hmm. so right now the Stanley Cup is hosting the party and the Stanley Cup has never graced the presence of the National Predators franchise yet. And I think what the Stanley Cup is doing right now is they look at a team like the National Predators and they're going to host their 2023 playoffs. And they're looking at the Predators and they're thinking, I just don't know what to think about you. Like, yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your intentions are. I wa- you're cool sometimes. <laughs> Like so, I kind of want to invite you to my party. But I haven't then you had, had enough. But then you had the drinks yet. Yeah, but then you have these <laughs> other days where you're just you're just really hard to be around, and so I just don't really know yet if I want to invite you. So check back with me in a couple weeks, and I'll let you know if you're invited. That's where the That's predators cool. are. There you go. That's all a right. good one. We all agree with that. All right, let's go to the dangerous if they get in category. Dangerous um, if they get in. Here, it, all right, I'll, I'll throw a couple teams out there, and then okay. um, we'll go to Kyle. All right, I, my I got I got a team that is going to be a little bit 
of a hot take here. Uh oh. I got the Detroit Red Wings in my dangerous if they get in. It's not that hot of a take. That's believable. Very believable. That was my pick right there. <laughs> just, all right. I thought I was getting a hot take. Either no, way, Red Wings are in my dangerous if they get in. I feel like they are the team where just – the Eastern Conference is so stacked, by the way. Like, it's ridiculous compared to the Western Conference, which I feel like is a lot more watered down. Uh, the East is just more elite. I think it's more stacked. It's going to be a bloodbath in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the Red Wings are the type of team that could stream together a couple playoff series wins and be one of those surprise teams that happens a lot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would put the Islanders maybe in that position as well. All right. One spot out of the wild card, but I mean, they – Seem to They're be a well-coached team. They're very – they play they have strong. the best general manager in hockey. And they're That's really – they're very defensively sound. They've got a good goaltender. They've got a lot of veteran presence as well. So, yeah, the Islanders are another team yeah. that – I got the Islanders in my not-invited-yet list, but I can mm-hmm. see the argument of putting them in there. Um, I, I've got the Capitals in my dangerous if they get in. Yeah. That's- they're not – they're not the same elite cup contender team that they once were, but they're not they've gone through a lot of changes recently mm-hmm. and some of their veterans have gotten older. But newsflash, Alex Ovechkin is still one of the most elite players in the world, even at his age. And they've yes, still got is. they've still got plenty of good veterans who aren't slowing down right now. Yeah. So Capitals o- are in there. Ovi at his age is better than ninety percent of the league in their twenties, <laughs> so true. it's it's just not a fair argument. Yeah, he's he's the Tom Brady of the NHL right now for sure. Yeah, he's he's uh he's working on that uh goal uh, number right now. He's like, I'm gonna get all of them, the rest of them this year. He just keeps scoring every yeah, day. He just keeps scoring all the time. That's all he does is score. All right, Crazy. Kyle. Kyle, give me another dangerous if they get in team. Where's Carolina at in the standings? Carolina's they are they have been they've won a lot of games. They they started off really slow. They looked rough for a while. That's what I thought. That they, but they, they started off no, bad. They so they lost their, they lost to the Rangers tonight five to three, but before that but, Yeah. Their last ten, they're nine one and oh. Yeah, they had won nine in a row before tonight. They lost last night or tonight. Yeah. No, 10 in a row. 11 in a row. They won 11 in a row. Oh, wow. I think the Rangers are another team that could be dangerous if they get in. So, look at this. Let me bring something up real quick. The the Hurricanes. I almost said the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes. Hurricanes. No, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes. No, okay. Florida's coming out in you, Chad. The Hurricanes. No, my Southern Tennessee accent's coming out in me, actually. Uh, the Hurricanes have only lost two games since the beginning of December. There you go. That's, I that's think, pretty impressive. I think they're probably going to get in. <laughs> they might um, be. So, um, shameless plug here, but they are my preseason Stanley Cup prediction. So, I'm feeling pretty good about it again. Feeling pretty good about it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I just remember them being bad 
No, they were bad. The they, they, started yeah, off, they, were. they started off pretty bad. They were not looking good there for a while. So, yeah. Um, I've got, I've definitely got the Canes in my elite cup can, contenders tier. Um, mm-hmm. Easy. Uh, I got the Devils in the dangers if they get in. I got the Jets in there. I got the oil. I don't. I I can't put the Oilers in the elite cup contenders category. I can't do it. Cannot Mm-mm. do it. No, their their goaltending man is horrible. I got the Kraken in my dangerous if they get in category. I got the Rangers in my dangerous if they get in. Um, here are my elite cup, cup contenders. I've only got. I've got a few teams in there. Bruins, obviously. I mean, that's that doesn't really take a lot of thinking there to put them in there. Uh, I got the Dallas Stars in there as Elite Cup contenders. I got the Tampa Bay Lightning. Sorry, Rich, in there. Really? I do. Hmm. You're biased, Rich. Have you not watched it? <laughs> I get to watch them locally, all right? They're on TV everywhere around here. And they that's are true. they're starting to really – Gel. Look good lately, yeah. Right. Um, so I got that. them in there, but I could see why you wouldn't want to put them in there. They're right on that fringe. I never. I got the Hurricanes. Move. I've got the Avalanche in my Elite Cup contenders. I think now that they have Nathan McKinnon back, they're gonna. They were. They went through so many injuries. They're gonna figure it out and get better. They're gonna give the Stars a run for their money. I think. To, I think the Stars have enough of a cushion to where they might still win the division. But stars, abs in a seven game playoff series, woo! That's got seven games written good. all over it. So oh, yeah, it um, I got the Golden Knights in my Cup contenders list, and I got the Maple Leafs in my Cup contenders list. That's a good. Uh, I think the short list. The Knights with uh, Thompson in net have been a big surprise. Mm-hmm. He's been a very so big too. surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm really happy for that kid. That's same. Yeah, because it, it was already kind of rode off before the season that oh he's just going to get shelled all season. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. He's, he, 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 he's really come. He's really come through for them so far. Um, and a lot of people were very um, wary about the Golden Knights after the off season they had, uh, where they lost um, Pacioretty. Or who did they lose? It was it Pacioretty they lost over the offseason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had a pretty, you know, they've been dealing with the salary cap uh, for a while now, like maneuvering around that, and they had to lose some players. But they're hanging around, and I thought they were impressive against the Preds the other night. I thought the Preds just played a really good game as well to match they them. Did. You know, it was one of the better games the Preds have played this year, and they managed. They barely even managed to get a point out of it, thanks mm-hmm. to Forsberg. But um, is there anybody in my cup contenders, guys, that you disagree with that you would take out? Is there someone I left out that you would put in to your cup contenders? I would take out Tampa Bay. No, of course, <clears throat> shocker. I'm not. Yeah, it's, I who just would don't. you? So who would you replace them with? Or well, would you? There's know, no one like, else. I don't know the top. All the top. The top four. You said Boston, Carolina, Vegas, and Toronto. So you've Dallas, only got four. You've only got four Dallas, teams. Okay. Dallas. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, you wouldn't move know. you. You wouldn't move the Oilers or the Rangers into your <sighs> Cup contenders. I don't know. If you're talking like Stanley Cup, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't. So you've got I, a short think, list. You've got a I really a short, short list. list. All right. Yeah, and and it gets even shorter because I think 
if Boston doesn't win the Stanley Cup, something's wrong because those dudes. Yeah, just, they're. They well, just, hey guys, and I'm not being biased. Those dudes. No, are no, just you're spanking. not. They're just spanking well, we, people. We we've seen plenty. <laughs> hey, we all know about the President's Trophy curse. All right, everybody. That's true too. And we've seen so <sighs> many teams have great regular seasons. The Preds did it. The Preds actually did that in 2017, that's true. 18. That's um, a good point. So. That's kind of we're going to get to our final segment here of 160 episode 166 coming up on two hours of this episode, know, right? And it's awesome. been an awesome episode. We've had a great time. Yep. Appreciate all these awesome comments that have come in through YouTube and live on Twitter. Follow us at Catfish Ice and also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. And please, we love it when you comment on the show. Let's catch up on some comments real quick before we do our NHL quick hitters to close yep. out the episode. Uh, Prudence, Prudential is back. Johnny. We love Johnny. He says, evening guys, thought I'd pop in before I shoot the Preds. Fan reaction video. Wasn't watching the game at home, so I couldn't chat live. Uh, so Johnny does his live Preds fan reaction videos on his YouTube channel. We yep. need y'all to go uh, subscribe to his channel. Absolutely. We, he does some good stuff. And he also shares, you stop McDavid and Dreisaitl in a seven-game series. The Oilers are totally beatable. So you oh, just yeah. got to stop yeah. those two guys. That's yep. easier said than done, though, Johnny. I'm just going to say that. But the Preds did. Game-like. The Preds did finally figure out a way to shut down Drysaddle in their last meeting. So that was something to build on. Yeah. And then if uh, you score, if you hold Drysaddle under a hat trick, uh, if you're well, they held you a, a good shot. In the last meeting, the Preds held him to zero points, and he was. Yeah, he I was nothing. at that game. I was at that game. And he was visibly frustrated. There was one point where Dreisaitl Ooh. tried to do his patented little um, backhanded pass into the slot to find um, a streaking uh, line mate. And he is so good at making like a pinpoint backhand pass off the boards. And I can't remember if it was Carrier or Fabro. It might have been Fabro. Um, tipped the passing lane, tipped the puck, and it broke open the whole play. And I think it went into the mashing or something. It, it completely stopped play and dry just took his stick and like slammed it on the ice, yelled Aww. a couple of the yelled a couple of explicit explicitives. And um, it was, he was visibly frustrated how the Preds defense was like suffocating him. So I feel bad to, for him to Johnny's point. He is right. If you mm-hmm. can figure out a way to bottle up those two players, then yes, the Oilers are very beatable. Very easier said than done, though. Yep, and then, sure. uh, r- Nikki. yes, Nikki jumps in. Hey, guys, almost missed it tonight, but I'm here. What's up, Thank Nikki? You. Thanks for ju- jumping in here. Let's do our NHL quick hitters to close it out. Guys, the Seattle Kraken are going to be hosting the 2024 Winter Classic, and I'll be the first to say that I definitely want to go. Oh, it'll, it'll be, cool. be awesome. I can't wait to see their jerseys. Uh, I just where are they gonna where where wonder where they're gonna have it? Like where do you would, think it'll be? I would think they'd have it at the baseball stadium. They have a baseball but, park. The but Seattle it, Mariners. It, it rains a lot in Seattle. Yeah. Mm. And so that's I will say that that's a little bit of a myth, like uh, how much it rains in what that. Do you think it, it is? Okay. It well, it's it's not that it doesn't rain a lot there, it does, but it's 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 like a very misty, like overcast mm. it doesn't just like downpour constantly so it's like more in of january a, it might be okay 
Yeah, my science nerd is kind of coming out okay. of me a little bit here, but okay. it, it is a little bit of an overblown thing where they say it rains all the time there. It's definitely cloudy a lot there. It's overcast, but it doesn't necessarily rain hard there. It's nope. like a mist. Johnny said they announced it would be in the Mariner Stadium and they can put the roof on if they absolutely have to. Well, there you go. That'll keep the rain out. So Johnny coming in on the spot there. Johnny on the spot. I watched the Winter Classic the other day. It was so good. I love it. I I think that's a cool watch. Yes, and I and that was really cool seeing it um, at Fenway Park. And did you see the Boston Bruins walked out in old school um, Boston Red Sox? That was pretty cool. That uh, was the Penguins wore Pirates baseball. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And you know, I think the NHL needs to start doing more of that kind of thing. If they want to grow the game, if they want to get more fans in, and they want to be a more global. popular sport you know one thing i will say is the nhl Mm -hmm. is really starting to grow in the younger demographic like if you Mm -hmm. if you take that uh demographic like 16 to 30 um age demographic doing stuff like that is what's going to grow that um in the age of social media and the age of instagram all that stuff doing cool things like that is going to grow your audience so i thought it was a really cool thing i was all about it yeah um it was good i liked it I and, they're gonna play they're gonna play the Golden Knights, so I think that'll be cool to see. I'll be definitely going for the Kraken in that game. Vegas oh, needs to sure. go with like a seventies Vegas looking <laughs> jersey with a bunch of glitter, like, like a flamingo. Like yeah, a, like a just flamingo. as garish. Yeah, or gangster or something. Maybe they'll do that. Come out looking like Hunter S. Thompson, and oh, there you go. That's even better. I'd be down that would be great if be they if they that. did that. It would be amazing. Yeah, I always like to watch the Winter Classic. They're always fun. It's always a good. Uh, sometimes not a good game, but always fun to see all the. Extra I'm gonna. Stuff I'm. There. I'm seriously going to start exploring if I can rally enough money together to go to that game. I think that'd be just a cool. I've never been to that part of the country. That's like kind of my last bucket list part of the United States that I haven't been to yet. So um, I've always wanted to go to Seattle. I've always wanted to like go to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, there you go. Um, so that would be a, a good opportunity. So I'm going to look into that. I think that's a really cool spot for the NHL to pick their next Winter Classic. I you, yep. no arguments from he, from me on nope. that next site there. All nope. right, next quick hitter here: Are the Bruins the best regular season team we've seen in a while? I mean, it's, absolutely. They're they're they just are. trucking. They're yeah. just trucking through the regular season right now, guys. They, they have literally. Missed out on 11 points. 11. Yeah. That's all yeah. the points they've missed out on. Yep. And they a haven't point. lost the game at home in regulation. A point percentage of <laughs> oh. <laughs> a point percentage of 0.838. How about this stat? They lead the league in goal differential at plus 57. Do you yeah. want to know the next closest team? I'm going to yep. say in the 30s, it may be. You're spot on. The, the, next clo- the next closest team is Dallas at plus 33. Yep. So they've outscored the next closest team in score mar- scoring margin by 24 goals. That's just like unreal. That's like video game type of stuff. It is. I'm telling you, man, these dudes, when they when they play, they'll be down a goal or two, and they just it doesn't even rattle them. Well, Dallas is doing the same thing lately. Yeah. 
you can never count Dallas out either. And speaking of which, we know Nikki is also mm-hmm. a Dallas Stars fan. We will forgive her for that, but she just comments here, Dallas scored. Woo! There you go. <laughs> Um, we can't who's all be perfect. Who's Dallas? They're playing the Kings. <laughs> Dallas, perfect. Dallas is playing the Kings tonight. They're down two to one. Um, they'll probably figure out a way to win that game. Yeah, they should. They yeah, figure out ways to come back, just like yeah, the Bruins are the same way. So yeah, they're. Let's just hope they don't face that Presidents Trophy curse. If the Boston Bruins won the won the Stanley Cup this year, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. I like a lot of their players. I love well, Pasternak. Once once that happens, you know, you're gonna be losing some guys and they'll they'll go through a little bit of and then not a rebuild, but to round out this episode, round out this episode one sixty six real quick. World Junior World Juniors update here. Um we've got Ryan Ufko who is doing some awesome things for Team USA in the World Juniors. Joachim Kimmel is out there as well for Finland. Um and he is killing it. But how about Ryan Ufko? Oh, he's Team USA. He is the best prospect in the Pred system that nobody's heard of. Yeah, he well, he, they're going to start hearing from him after about him after these World Juniors, and yeah. then uh, so good stuff there. Uh, of course, Connor Bedard's taking over the whole World Juniors. Like like we said earlier, I mean, this guy is on another level. Um, but, he's going to. But there's the but. but. He is like Connor McDavid is in the NHL, and he is doing all this, and his team is still losing. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks more than one. It's, that's very true. Very true. Um, good stuff there. This has been Catfish and Ice, episode 166. We love bringing you this podcast. Almost two hours under on, on the clock tonight, and we loved it. We love bringing this to you. We hope you're having a great start. 2023 again this has been catfish on ice episode 166 brought to you by DraftKings, part of hockey podcast network with your host chad mitten rich Howe, and kyle perkins please be kind to one another be safe be be secure enjoy 2023 let's go into it with a brand new perspective yes, and sir. just be nice to each other is it that hard to ask just be nice not, to each other it's not hard i don't think it's that hard all right yeah, we will hard. we will see you for the next episode take care everybody Bye, everybody.